recording. So, you think I'm... <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm autistic? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but it's kind of like possible. a Rain Man thing. It's You're like, probably not the you first person. You have these fr- certain things. It's like traffic's really bad, like a bad thing. Like you hate traffic. The weather's really upsetting to you. You obsess yes. about the weather. You talk about it like 17 times a day. You really love certain things. You really love Christmas. You really love office supplies. Like anything that's like or- <laughs> organizational. Yeah. Like you saw some guy with a clipboard like coming into a restaurant on the other side of the bar and you're like, oh, I saw those in Staples. <laughs> Do you see that? But it closes. It's like a clipboard that opens and you can it put It closes shit- up. It's like rainproof clipboard. You put all your paperwork in there. It's <laughs> so cool. You're weird. Who cares? You snap it all up. Uh, and I love Jaws. And you love Jaws. You're obsessed with sharks. You watch sharks. I you will follow not. hashtag sharks. You're like yeah, I do that. so That's insanely weird. obsessed with anything shark related. I don't know what that is. So there's certain things. What are we drinking right now? Land shark. <laughs> I don't even know why we have this. Why I have it this? because, as you all know, I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. This is bullshit. No, Why are you I, saying that? I'm not really a Jimmy Buffett fan. No, I have well, land shark because... This is a sticker on their bottle. It's not even printed. Because it has a shark on it. Yeah, but it's, it's stickered. It's, is that why you bought it? Because it's called land shark. I bought it because I was trying to be uh, economical. <laughs> I'm not autistic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I might be. Um, a little bit... Um, like Asperger's. Like a yeah, slight touch I probably was born with that. I was dropped on my head... Not just once, but a lot of times. I was thrown down the stairs. Well, and your brothers, like, punch you in the face and, like, yeah. hit you over the head with shit and, like, yep. set your bed on fire and all kinds of No, weird. I did that. Oh. Yeah, but Rob thinks he did it. With a Lego. I'm pretty sure I did Melting it. Legos Yeah, we, I was melting Legos. And he threw it on the bed? Yeah. That's at least what I think happened. Yeah, but he thinks he lit the Lego on fire. I don't think he thinks that. I don't he know. Took the blame? I think he was... I think he took the blame that day. Maybe he did. Yeah, but if you ask him right now, he says, no, that was me. I don't think me or Rob know. We don't know what happened. That's a weird thing about memory. It's like you could actually (laughs) convince yourself. People Mm -hmm. that are like pathological liars, they tell stories over and over again to the point where they can't believe. They don't know what to believe. They don't know the difference between reality and like what they made up. Oh, you just explained my existence. (laughs) No, you're not a pathological liar. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> that's bad for business. I don't think you are. Though that's bad for business. <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, the fire thing was weird. We were talking <sighs> earlier about how people that work for 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. how they can't, like, when do they have time to make a phone call? Like, when do they have time to, like, make a doctor's appointment, phone call, or, like... Oh, you know, yeah. Call, like, say your phone bill's wrong, you get your phone bill and it's like mm-hmm. outrageous, and you're like, shit, I have to like call this company and sit on the phone and wait. And like, well, that's the thing. How if do you're you do at that? work nine to five, you punch in, you got these phone calls coming in. They're from doctors, they're from bill collectors. And it's like, everybody this, gets them. And they're only open like 8 30. Are you allowed like, to answer them? Or are you supposed to ignore the bill collectors, ignore the doctors, and ignore like all this stuff? While you're at work. You go to your manager, you're like, hey, listen, um, I got to make a phone call. Make it on your break. It's like, all right, well, I would like to make it on my break. So you have to wait till your lunch break to, like, take care of your personal... You like, can't because you can't go planning on calling a doctor back on a lunch break because the doctors are on lunch break. And it's closed. And they do... Yeah, exactly. They close from, like, so 11.30 to 1.30. You can't play phone tag forever. Yo, doctors and nurses have, like, the longest lunch break ever. Right. 
and it's always pediatric fucking like appointments for your kids yeah and the shots they gotta take and like you gotta get your child in here for this that and the other thing and you're a single person single mom single parent and you're calling back and like I gotta tell your boss again uh sorry my phone's ringing I have to like go answer this it's really important and the boss just looks at you and rolls his eyes like you're not a team player because the boss that you have doesn't have kids and probably doesn't even want them and rolls his eyes at you and says oh boy yeah, I went through that. Oh. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound specific when you talk about it. I'm trying to be, <laughs> I'm trying to be vague without... Um, I'm trying to have the uh, passive-aggressive aggression in there. Yeah. As well as not naming names. Yeah. But managers know who they are because they didn't have kids then, but they probably have kids now. Because we had kids early. You had kids in your 20s. 22 and 23. I was 29. And... Immensely grateful that we had kids in our twenties. I was telling my kids that the well, other day. Well, it wasn't my twenties; it was my thirties. But my daughter's like, "Did you have a baby in college? Because you were really young." I'm like, "No," but I got pregnant two months after I graduated, and I'm glad I did that. I feel now like I like the age my kids are at for the in in relation to the age I'm at. Yeah. And I look at my friends who I love and adore, but they have kids that are little. And I feel like I feel for them because little kids are really a lot of work. Like our kids are teenagers. All four of our kids are now teenagers. Mm -hmm. That's work in a different way, but it's not work like they wipe themselves and they bathe themselves and they feed themselves now. So you don't have to. You don't have to be there. We hope they feed themselves now. (laughs) You don't have to be there every moment. Yeah. You know, checking on their, like, actual, like, are they alive? Like, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Now it's more, like, worries about, like, who their friends are, who they're hanging out with. Do they, you know, are they with the wrong crowd? What are they listening to? What are they Mm -hmm. watching? Oh, they have access to the internet on their phone at any given time in their pocket. They can, like, look up anything. That scares Oh, they have a Snapchat account where they're posting weird photos that you don't want anybody else to see about them, and they're doing that. Yeah, like, it's it's a different mm. set of worry. I don't know. I don't... It's a different set of responsibility and a different set of worry with each age. You almost have to, like, relearn how to parent every age because there's different... Oh, yeah, exactly. This is, this is the digital age and social media and how that progresses. and Like, even when our kids were little, we, our, you, our cell phones didn't have cameras. So, yeah. like, we don't have recordings. We don't have, like, video footage of a lot of things that, are, right. that people now who have kids do. Because I had to get my camcorder out and make sure it was charged before I could, like, make sure I got my son's first steps on video. Like, I didn't have it in my pocket. Like, oh, shit, my son's walking. Let me record this. I didn't have that ability. Yeah. And now people have that. I kind of feel jealous about that. I feel like it's. I wish it's, we had that. It's broadcasting like television broadcasting on such a easier scale like social media back in the 70s what would that be the equivalent to social media in the 70s was what uncle floyd there wasn't public even access like, tv there wasn't even like, like reality uh, tv back then channel 13 really. like what is the equivalent La- no but like channels that were like public access localized new jersey channels only channel nine yeah and you think about like everybody can really broadcast anything they want to broadcast whenever they want to broadcast it regardless of now yeah yeah nine 
years old to fucking 90. You can Anything. make like, a YouTube channel. You could start making it's money. It's not just like, Snapchat. It's not just Instagram. It's not just Facebook. Like there's tons of ways to broadcast something. And that something could be anything. It's really weird and scary, like video-wise. So the ability to like be a parent on Facebook and film my kids for steps or whatever the hell it is, Instagram, and you post it up there and like, look at me. Every who's gonna watch this? Well, who's gonna like this? It's like the channel is like adapted to the people that your friends well, there's know like these, who you are. There's these two moms that Corey took me to say. I'm not gonna mention. Excuse me, who they are, but. They have a YouTube channel and they're these two moms and they do funny things and they talk about like funny stuff that the kids do and and they performed live at like Count Bassey Theater like you could go Basie. buy Bassey Theater and you could go and buy tickets and go and see them mm -hmm. and there was crowds there was like these women like screaming and oh, like you brought up another point like ripping their shirts open practically because there's like stripper dudes in the intermission yeah. and like these moms can't wait to get out of the house and they're like drinking heavily and like partying in this weird situation where I felt like I didn't belong not no yeah. offense to anyone that likes that but it just I felt so out of place I feel like I'm kind of hip like I know what's going on and I didn't I felt weird there I felt like I don't know what why are these two women like celebrities just because they had a, a YouTube show? Like, well, they represent the get the uh, the escapism that a like, mom needs, yeah, like a regular so, yeah. housewife mom needs. And here is a white entitled male, Pete Sullivan, talking about what a what? mom needs. Yeah, but you, I mean, listen, wait, wait, hold Sorry, on. Sorry, guys. Stop, stop, stop. But listen, <laughs> I am a mom myself. I, by that's the way. what I was gonna say. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. You are a mom. You're a single parent. I raise my babies. Things don't come so easily to you yeah. as people might, you know, stereotypes might think. I think where they're coming from is they are expected to be the great, the good moms, and yeah, but to, a lot, to raise no, them, a lot and, of their, a lot and they gotta let no, loose. Everybody no, a does. A lot of their image is about failing as a mom, and it makes other moms feel better. Like, oh, oh, like. Well, it's not really. It's a good kind thing of like exploiting, not failing as a mom, but exploiting their shortcomings. Like, you know, when you scream at your kids, and all of a sudden, like you're cursing and losing your shit, or like, yeah, you know, your kid hasn't bathed in three days, and you didn't realize, and like their butt smells, or like whatever. I don't know, whatever the things might be. Is that their shtick? That's weird. Kind of a little bit. It's kind of like this. Yeah, your YouTube, insecurities as a YouTube, parent. YouTube allows for that. So that's what that's, that's what I mean. Famous. These women have become millionaires by YouTube, exposing yeah. the humiliation, like, humiliation allows, about being a parent. Social media allows a celebrityism for everything you are. You no matter a, what it yeah, is. Yeah, no matter what your shortcomings are. You People can, are giving like, you attention. Show us your guts. Yeah. Show us your show the us the reality together. of your real life and like all the fuck ups in it. All we love, we eat that up. And I feel like we're in a generation where from the seventies to the eighties to the nineties, all these TV shows we watch, Brady Bunch, like good times to maybe they didn't show you real dysfunction. No. And this is like it was live, almost like a hint at it. Yeah, it this was is like, like a little hint. prime lifetime dysfunction in everyone's lives. So dysfunction in somebody's life is entertainment. It's not like shocking anymore. It's like, oh yeah, I went through that too. I, oh yeah, that's me too. It's like that personal connection. Yeah. Corporate people in suits telling you, no, 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 that won't work. Well, there's even Don't times do that. When you just put it out there. Yeah, but there was a couple times when we were like editing or like putting the magazine together and I posted little videos of like you, like 
with your with with like the printed version open that's been edited and handwritten on and we got back from the editors yeah. if your computer's open and you're like making changes and I do a little video and post it on Instagram yeah. and like seven different people are like I love seeing behind the scenes of how you guys do this it's like oh god they don't all know it behind is, the scenes like, <laughs> we don't even show anyone like 90% yeah. of it like what it's just like but they want to see it they want right. to see how it's done because that's where that's like the time we live in now. It's like they yeah. want to see the back end of everything. The back end of everything, we'd love to show, but at the same time, so many people would be upset with us. And it, I don't think they'd be upset with us. I just be, think they'd be disenchanted. Like, oh, that's oh, it. you'd be disenchanted. It's nothing's glorious. A podcaster, magazine maker. It sounds so much designer, more important it, than it actually be, is. If we actually showed you behind the scenes, you'd be disappointed. There's no glory in a lot of most of, like, if you're going to especially go your own way, like, and do your own thing and be your own boss, it's not glorious. You're scraping panties, you're fucking kissing ass where you don't want to kiss ass. You're scrubbing your own toilets yeah. in your office. Which is absolutely fine. And, uh... <laughs> By the way, speaking of offices... Yeah. This might be a little bit too open, but um, there's space available on LBI in a small office space that's very oh, reasonable. Um, if anyone is interested, send us a direct message on, yeah. I guess, Instagram. Follow us at podcast, yes. and then send us a message if you are interested in looking at any space on the island, any office space or studio space for artists. Mm-hmm. Because there is some available, Doesn't and that's all we'll say. You could be anybody. That's all we'll say. I don't Let's think I'm anything. On. I just. Wait, all right. why are you guys listening to us again? I barely know what we are. Oh, the magazine, and that's that graphic design company. We well, have. we were going to talk about the magazine too. First of all, I was talking about. Some- I barely know what we are. Oh, the magazine. And that's that graphic design company. We well, we were going to talk about the magazine, too. First of all, I was talking about selling art and how when I decided to stop making art to sell was when I started selling my art. Wait, what is your art? Because I'm not sure everybody knows what oh. your art is. you got to introduce that shit, girl. Duh. If you are on Instagram and you look up my page, it's Dawn Francis Simon. And Francis has an E, not an I, because that's the female version. Well, now you're in a situation where you have to talk about your art. So if you go to that page, you'll see my personal, this is like my personal artwork page. This well, is what like, do you do? So do you- I do, right now I'm doing collage. That's what I do. What I went to college collage? for fine art and I graduated with a bachelor's in sculpture. But, you know, having a small home with small children that aren't so small anymore, Mm-hmm. I was getting away. I got away from sculpture after I graduated, but I feel like collage is is a little bit like sculpture in a way of like cutting and pasting and assembling. It's reminiscent of sculpture, so that's why I got back into that. But anyway, that's what I'm doing right now. So what and were you for, saying about that? For you were years, doing- what I was saying is for years, like 15 plus years, I've been trying to sell my art. I've been trying to make art that people want to buy. I've been having a website and putting it in different galleries and I had my own gallery and I was trying to sell work and I had a, you know, I had different opportunities in other galleries to show my work and 
I have an Etsy shop. And it was like everything I was doing was almost like I was running on a hamster wheel, like trying so hard, chasing after something, trying to figure out what is it that people want? What do people want to buy? What do people spend money on when it comes to art? I was knocking myself out doing that. Yeah. And when I took it, like I, I stopped and I just looked inside myself and felt exhausted. It wasn't even like a conscious decision. It was just like, I feel exhausted with all these things I'm trying. Let me just make what I want to make. Mm-hmm. And once I started making art that I wanted to make for myself was when I started selling it. I guess it became genuine to people and they found something in it that was honest. So then they wanted to, wanted to own it. I would say it was something that was unique to the area and unique to what they're used to seeing coming from you. Not to mention, they associate you with a Swing Graphics business. They associate you with Breaker Magazine. Okay. So as an independent artist, what do you do? And then looking at that. Okay. And That might be some of it, Your art too. is, um, like the collage work, when it started coming out of you, the supplies you would get you really went to town you had like this whole uh new vision of what you can create mm. and then that whole little um i'm really you, everything by every Vogel. every piece you made has has said something you you're like well this every piece you make has enough letters and words and statements and like phrases to state something about the piece Understand, relate to it. Relate and understand what you just made before them with the collage work. And then it's almost like a little mini clip notes to what it means. And that helps people because some people are like, I like this piece. I don't know why I like this piece. I don't know what it is about this piece that I love. And then you have this little thing that you write and it's like, oh. And then it implies, yeah, but it implies much more. I try to leave it open-ended a little bit so that like whatever the text is. Mm-hmm can mean a couple of things because then it can meet people like i believe like it's really important it's for a, art to meet cool, people where they are it's almost like the lyrics to your art piece even though it's a, yeah it, it is it may be like one line or is. one verse but it's something else to ponder on top of what you're looking at yeah and you're also coming to it from your own experience yeah. like okay this is where i'm at in my life and when i read this it's speaking to me in this context of like right. where i live in my mm-hmm. life I feel like music does that too, for sure. Oh, absolutely. So I try to not make it too specific. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I'm making it, it changes what it's about because I come across text and it's like, oh, this actually matches my imagery more than what I was looking for. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm looking for text to go with what I made already, I'll come across something that makes better sense. And it almost is telling me what it's about. It's like, you thought this piece was about this, but guess what? The piece of art itself is going to tell you what it's about. This is what it's about, and I learn about right. things That's what by songs doing are, it. Yeah, music is supposed to do that. Songs are supposed to do that. I didn't mean for this to become about that. I was just saying that, like, I'm not making a living. Well, off I'm my into artwork. your collages too. Thank not- you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making a living off my artwork by any means. I don't even know what that would look like. But I, I do sell my artwork through Instagram and Facebook. At least once a week, I'm selling a piece, if not more than that. It surprised me. And it started when... What What would you... It started when I stopped obsessing over what people want to buy. Right. But what are you doing when you're making a piece? So you're writing a song? When you go into it, when you sit at the table and you have all your pieces together, you have your knife. What? How does it begin? You just wait. There's a certain part where you realize, oh, I'm done with this piece. 
I no no no. Like you is a completion involved. Well, the completion goes like this. There's two elements, visual elements, a black and white cutout mm-hmm. and a color cutout. Contrast. Whether there's people and their color, then I have to find something that they're going to be, if they're looking down off of something, I have to find something they're going to be looking down off of that's mm-hmm. black and white because they're in color. I need a black and white element and vice versa. I made that up. It's a rule I made up for myself because- you, That's the landscape. It has to do with- Right. The black and white element has to do with memory. It has to do with dreams. It has to do with a nostalgia that it brings when there's something that's black and white. Yeah, a visual representation of a dream, a a visual representation of an idea. Or a lesson. So like lessons learned, looking back on them, they're part of the memory situation. So that's where that comes from. So there's two elements, a black and white and a color image, and Mm -hmm. then there's two lines of text. Right. That's when I'm done. I feel like that's when you... That's what I'm done. Yeah, the definition comes in through cutting out words. That's the formula. So like if I already found... that's, That's an intriguing... How do you go about that? Like you're you're in a book, you have a lot of text before you. What are you looking at? What are you reading that's going to associate itself with what you just collapsed? So sometimes it's I not have, from the same place. It might be because sometimes not in the same place in the book, but sometimes I have. It's difficult to describe because there's a major idea. Whether I set out, do you pre-cut out ideas? There's some things I have that are pre-cut out because if I come across something that doesn't exactly go with what I'm about to make, I'll cut it out and save it for later. Okay. That makes sense. That's a good thing you do. So I have some things that are already cut out. I have some phrases that are already cut out. Things Mm -hmm. about a lot of things about water, things about the island, things about um, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Like if I come across something like that, I'll cut it out because I feel like there's kind of an overall theme Mm -hmm. in my work that a lot of text can relate to. But like I said before, there's times when I'm on a search, I need to find something about, say you have a theme and this piece of artwork is about discovery, self-discovery, like learning about yourself. Mm -hmm. I need to find a phrase or a sentence or something in this text in in the magazine that has to, that could relate to that, taken out of context, like a Mm -hmm. part of a sentence. If you read the whole paragraph I cut it out of, it wouldn't mean that, right? Absolutely. but if you take these few words by themselves, could they pertain to what this is about? So I'll search and I actually just look at individual unique phrases in sentences, like to try to make a connection with what it's about. And sometimes it surprises me and it changes what the collage is about because I find a better thing that it could be about. Yeah. Like I find more, I find text that's like, this is actually better for this than what I was intending. It's very so zen. Me... It's very zen. Well, and that is it's the very only time. Koan, like what you thought things were going to mean. It doesn't mean that no. at all. It means. I love when that happens. It means the whole part of it. Like it's weird. I can't quite describe it right now. It tells me it's what like it's going to be about. The Zen koan is like a riddle that's supposed to bring you about to like a wider idea that you'd had no idea. That you had no idea was going to yeah. be. That's what it's like. Yeah. And and for myself. This is the only time in my mm. physical life that I can not think of anything else. I'm present. Like when I'm making art, that's why I become so obsessed with making it because I'm not thinking or 
thinking of anything else. I'm not worrying about my work or worrying about tomorrow. And there's times like I wake up in the morning and I think I have all this work to do, but I'm going to do my work first and then I'm going to go to the studio and make art. And sometimes I can't wait. I'm like, I have to just wake up Mm -hmm. and make a couple of collages and get it out of my system and like almost like exercise that and then go to work. And I feel like I got it over, like I got it out of my system and now Mm -hmm. I can go focus on my work. Because sometimes it distracts me because I'm longing to go to this place where I can like be present in life yeah and not think about the past and the future I mean there are hints of the past because a lot of the work is dealing with life suffering or things I've been through or discoveries I've learned and happiness I've achieved a lot of it's about that too but I'm really actually there like cutting it out and pasting like I'm very present when I'm doing it so it's really important to me mm-hmm. to make it's a very and I have control. the exercise of I have collage complete itself control is, over yeah. it like this is a world that I can because yes. I'm a total I'm control gonna, freak I'm gonna make this exactly yeah. but there's times when it shoot when it controls itself and mm-hmm. I have to follow it too so that's a good exercise for me to yeah. kind of be out of control and allow it to change but that's most if to be an artist you have to have that or you're not going to make good art because you're trying to make that that which is not made you're trying to make an, a world that is not existed yet every musician every artist every painter you're, you're trying to put something in the world that is not there and this is what i feel like should be here here or in front of your face well, that's- at least at least in the presence of your senses sight smelling and his sight all that shit like sight smelling and sight <laughs> <laughs> sound taste all touch. that shit you know what i mean sight. yeah but that's what the artist is trying to do They're like like i want to make something that i did like i don't want to say you want to become god. i would say this i don't want to say you become god but you want you, to it's a narcissist make Listen. you want to mimic what god has done you want to mimic what the universe does for people in your own through your own filters that's what an artist wants to do. And there's nothing wrong with a healthy God complex. I'm always the first to say that. There's nothing wrong with believing in yourself. You want to reinterpret the universe and the world through your own filters. That's great. Because that's, that's what makes great songs. That's what makes great art. That's what makes great everything. Check this out. You may hate it. You may love it. But this is what I want to show you. And that's what an artist does. All right. And I think that's what God wants. I think that's what... The, who, if somebody actually made the universe, I think he would want that from us. I think he would want, look, check this out. Look what I could do. Hmm. Sorry to get far it's out. It's interesting and far out. <laughs> and that's what an artist does I don't know me. how I feel about thinking of myself like as a narcissist in that way because even when I was at my most lowest insecure like bottom of the barrel point in my life, well, the depression. I still made art, and and it was for the purpose of. I felt like I had to do it because I felt like if I didn't do it, I couldn't breathe. It was just this thing that had to come out of yes. me. Yes. Against my will, almost. It was like oh, I gotta go. You know, I have to go and handle this because right. it's here, and it's like almost like beckoning at, like beckoning me, like calling me, like okay, no, nudging me and gnawing at me, like get this out, you know. 
I think an artist. Like a demon that you have to exercise or some shit like that. Like, I that's think, what I always felt yeah, like. Yeah, and so an artist always suffers when they're not allowed to do what they need to do. You're, you're in a situation, from most artists that are in a situation where you don't feel like you're allowed to do what you feel inside yourself to, that you want to do. Well, that's what we were talking earlier about. Like, that's not how things go here. That's, that's not how we do things here. When we were talking about the cover of Breaker and we were talking about the spring issue, and it was my turn to do it, and I was I was struggling, and I was making things, and I was like thinking about what you would want me to make, and thinking about like, okay, all these people are gonna see this. There's gonna be five thousand copies of this. Yeah. What is it supposed to look like, quote unquote? What should this look like? Looking at the other covers and saying, what is the common theme? Is there something I should be following? Is there like some rules I should be following? And then I was like, you know what? Stop it. Like sit at your de at your same drawing table that you sit at when you make your collage. Right. Let's make a pretend cover. Let's make a cover that's just a piece of art, like as if I was gonna make a collage for myself, like the way I do it every other day. Mm -hmm. And as I started making it, I remember like my heart started pounding. It was like, this is it. Like I couldn't wait for it to get done. Like once I crossed this line while I was making it knowing okay, I'm making this for myself, but this actually is probably gonna be the cover now. I was so excited to finish it, to show it to you, but I was scared to start it. It was like, I was afraid to start it of like, what are the expectations of this thing? The only expectation you would have is me, that I'm your biggest fan. No, but- But at the same time, but we have to, we have no choice but to trust in each other. The day we, you know, we have to trust in each other for the covers. It's the only like other person that's seeing yeah. it. The Speakeasy series is coming up on September 13th from 7 to 10 p.m. at Murray Grove, which is in Lanoka Harbor. This is going to be like a night of poker, live music. It's a prohibition party. A prohibition party? <laughs> So poker, live music, there's a $5 bar menu, a mixologist, so you can add your own liquor to your drinks, a cigar lounge. What, you bring a flask? Free snacks, vendors, and BYOB. A yeah, cigar bring lounge? Your own. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. It's $10 if you RSVP, but it's 15 at the door. It's basically to promote Murray Grove in Lanoka Harbor and get people to know about that. What do you know about Murray Grove? Well, we'll find out. What's going on at, uh, next week at Backward Flag? Oh, on Tuesday night. Tuesday is the 21st at Backward Flag Brewery. Mm -hmm. That's also in Lenoka Harbor. Is a business and brews event. Is at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. It's 699 Challenger Way in Forked River. And it's hosted by By the Sea Media, which is our friend Chelsea Pasco. It's basically going to be a night of like food, beer, and community connections. Making cool. like making, you know, meeting new people and connecting and networking with other businesses. All are welcome to both events. Thanks for joining us on the night circus. <laughs> Stop stealing my drink.